the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. New Focus on Wealth. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. The economy is opening back up, and we're not really struggling with that. What we're struggling with is the success of the economy opening back up and how it translates into Wall Street. Jobless claims showed an unexpected increase despite relaxed economic restrictions. That's a mixed message from the reopening. It will be very interesting to see how history is going to treat the pandemic government spending spree. That was three stimulus bills with Trump and a big one to start off with Biden. How well are we spending that money? Because Biden's already starting to talk about getting a big infrastructure project going and potentially raising taxes on all Americans or across America by a trillion dollars a year just to continue to lift our economy. Infrastructure spending, roads, airports, better internet, they all provide productivity and jobs. When you build a road, you gotta put someone to work with a shovel, right? Robots can't do that quite yet. S&P futures this morning were decidedly negative in my opinion as interest rates are kind of doing what the Federal Reserve isn't doing. So yesterday, the Federal Reserve met and talked. And they met and they talked Tuesday and Wednesday. Ultimately, what we got yesterday was the Federal Reserve saying, you know what, there may be some inflation out there, but we're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to raise interest rates. Even though it's our mandate, we're going to let it ride for a while. So they pushed aside any prediction of looming inflation that would be meaningful or lasting. Central Bank said it's continuing to project near zero interest rates through 2023. And the markets yesterday turned around quickly on that. Markets dealing with higher interest rates, higher inflation issues. The Fed upgraded its economic outlook. It acknowledged some official C rates rising sooner. So they're acknowledging some higher interest rates sooner. Some of the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is a cabal group of bankers that get together and meet. So Jerome Powell may be in the minority. And he may have 10 other bankers underneath him say, no, 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 no. We want to raise rates too fast, too fast. What you don't want is the Federal Reserve pushing us into a recession that before the economic expansion really gets put into place. So that's that whole debate on when do we raise interest rates. Historically, 
you could see some of the actions of the Fed as causing problems. In the big old 1920s crash, it was the Fed raising rates instead of lowering rates. You know what we've done since we've had economic problems in the last 20 years is we lower rates. We're like, hey, no, 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 no. Uh, terrorism, 9-11, let's lower rates. Let's, let's make it easier. <clears throat> but back in the 20s, they would raise rates to try to like um, curb the speculation. So the IRS has given us another month. That's nice. This extension is considerably shorter than last year's with new exemptions provided under the latest coronavirus bailout package. It's almost as if people needed more time to figure out their taxes. Oh, by the way, um, I said I, I started this whole segment on the Federal Reserve isn't going to do anything through 2023. And that some bankers want the Fed to do something with short term interest rates. They go out and tell the banks, hey, we'll lend you money at 1%, or we'll lend you money at 1.5%, or we'll lend you money at 2%. And the banks come to us, and they're like, hey, we just got a loan for 2% from the Fed. We'll lend it to you, Rob, for three and a quarter, because they want to make some money. They want to mark up that, that cost of money. But the 10-year Treasury is doing what the Federal Reserve isn't. So the Fed's not raising interest rates, but the 10-year Treasury bond is rising. So it's showing you that there's going to be a big old expansion of our economy or maybe heading back towards where we want it to, albeit with government spending versus the private sector spending. Ten-year Treasury sits at 1.74%. That's quite a difference in a year. One year ago today, it was at 85 basis, 90 basis points. So that's almost doubled the cost of borrowing money. That's a big difference. Now, again, it's still cheap. It's so funny. Yesterday, I beat myself up because I was, when I was interviewing uh, Patrick O'Hare, I was like, I'm fanboying. I'm just going crazy on interest rates right now. I can't find anything else to look at. It's like I'm a teenage boy who's obsessed with girls. Like I can't, I, there's nothing else in the world that matters to me other than interest rates right now. <clears throat> I don't know if that helps you if it gives you perspective on where, what, where I'm trying to come from. But that's what I'm, I'm feeling if, you, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Elsewhere out there, um, the infighting amongst the, distrib the distribution of the coronavirus vaccine in Europe is getting worse. It's, I'm not going to say this. It's not nice seeing other countries more, more dysfunctional than the United States, but... <laughs> Let's just say if you think America has any problems at all, uh, Europe does too. So one European Commission president threatened to withhold vaccine exports to the UK, where almost half of all adults have gotten a shot already. Interesting, right? <clears throat> you hear it in the United States, we're somewhere around 20%. UK is at 50%. And the politics of we want to finish our job versus, no, no, we want to give it to people who need it. We're, we need it more than you. In Japan, in Japan, Prime Minister Suga aims to lift a state of emergency in Tokyo. Anthony Fauci in the United States warned that dangerous variants continue to threaten progress in the United States. So we, we're still could find pandemic stories. I think that's not a great thing. Morgan Stanley plans to offer wealthy clients access to three funds that will enable ownership of Bitcoin. 
Morgan Stanley is a big boy financial company. I'm not going to say they are Wall Street. I'm not going to say they're money. But they're going to offer very wealthy people in the United States the ability to buy Bitcoin. It's almost like you have to now. Even if they didn't want to. I've seen another investment advisory firm. Um, I work with an investment advisory firm. But I've seen a different one say, we're going to start offering Bitcoin to our customers. Fascinating to me. Um, And again, it legitimizes that. The more people that own it as an asset, the more people that own it. Companies that pay their chief executives at least 50 times more than the typical employee will face higher taxes under a new bill being pushed by Senators Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Because it feels to me like, well, then they're going to pay themselves 49 and a half. No, share the wealth, maybe. There's a lot to work with there that could go wrong. Unintended consequences is what I'm getting at. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. We'll talk about making money while you're sleeping and much, much more. I'm Rob Black, talking about all things financial. New focus on wealth. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. couple stories of Frank and Peace together today. Yesterday I did a real nice piece about space being the final frontier and how through the years we've seen... The progression from basically a World War II technology, let's get higher in the air so we can strike our enemies, to let's get all the way up there, go around the Earth. The very first satellite that AT&T launched, Telstar 1, is still up there. Space junk, right? When you start looking at what we can do with space shuttles now and with rockets, and just at some point in time, if you get the chance, go to YouTube and search up SpaceX landings or SpaceX Mars, and you're going to see some crazy uh, YouTube videos that they've put together. It'll wow you. Um, they're working on technologies to to send up 600 satellites in one rocket. The idea that we used to have these these big old like house size satellites, not house like van maybe. Now they're they're turning satellites into something maybe. No bigger than you know, like a, a chair, a small chair at that. <clears throat> Almost like a thermos size stat. Uh, thermos. Anyway, <clears throat> the point being is we could launch 600 at a time. There's a lot of space junk floating up around there. Anyhow, um, Virgin Galactic. I'll talk about that maybe later today or in a future episode. Should you invest in Virgin Galactic as investment because we know Elon Musk and SpaceX when it does come public it's going to be overhyped we can say that about more Elon Musk I think that's fair to say Peloton's out in the news today a lot of people wonder how they're going to do it's a great question 
um, post-pandemic. I've got neighbors who are now going back to the gym after a year of not, and they're loving it. They're like, oh, yeah, we're exercising outside by the pool. No one's there. <clears throat> it's a ghost town. Easy parking everywhere. Believe it or not, that's the, that's something that always surprises me about people. They'll go to a gym, and then they'll, they have a valet at this gym. <laughs> and you're not talking like you're walking 700 yards. You're not walking a mile to the gym. You're walking maybe 30 yards. And they complain about the, uh, the parking. I don't, gyms, you should be, gyms, you should be forced to walk to get to your workout, in my opinion. But again, call me crazy. Peloton and Adidas have teamed up to work together to create a new line of athletic apparel and lifestyle gear in inclusive and unisex styles. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and is that going to be enough to drive Peloton in the post-pandemic world? Their video series are great. Apple's are pretty good. It's pretty interesting the way Spotify has figured out how to make music by doing a monthly service fee, right? Spotify is the dominant player, and Apple comes in and like, yeah, we, we can do that, too. We, can, we, we you Call your Spotify, we'll call ours Apple Music. Peloton has figured out okay, we can not only sell expensive hardware, but we could sell a software subscription for how to use it as well. So Apple's like, yeah, 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 we could, we could, physical instructors, yeah, we got those too. And you're like, no, 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 Apple's a, a tech company. Like, no, 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 no. Go check out Apple Fitness Plus. It's crazy how well it works. You know how you have those stupid Apple watches? When you work out with Apple Fitness Plus on, say, your TV or your laptop or your iPad, it shows your bands up in the court, shows your heart rate on the device. So everything's starting to work together. Weird. Kind of cool, but kind of weird. So anyway, Peloton, what they're going to get into apparel. Apparel? You're a hardware company. You sell a bike, a cool bike, an internet-connected bike, or a bike with an iPad strapped onto it. But yet, still a bike. No, no, they're going to be an apparel company. Well, no, no, I thought you said they're going to be a monthly subscription company to replace the gym. No, no, but they also have to do as many things as they can do. Strike while the iron is hot. And two years ago, pre-pandemic, Peloton was running that cringeworthy commercial where a good-looking guy buys his incredibly fit wife a Peloton after she's had a kid. <laughs> Kind of implying, like, don't go get fat on me, lady. Here's this expensive bicycle. And that 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 certainly helped the stock. It was doing well. Celebrities like Howard Stern were doing the Peloton workout and going, oh, hey, everyone, I'm doing it. And you're like, are you getting paid for this? No, I swear I'm not. <clears throat> so the buzz was celebrities using this expensive iPhone of exercise equipment. But then the pandemic hit, and it's like, well... $200 a month to a gym, $2,000 a year, Peloton for life in my home. People made that switch. So what is Peloton going to be selling? And will it be a success? They're going to sell shorts, and hoodies, and tees, crewnecks, sports bras, which many of us now need after a year in lockdown. <clears throat> da -da -da Jogger pants. They're going to sell for anywhere between $30 and $85. They'll probably sell them at gyms. 
Um, I'm just not that impressed. I think if you want, if we want fitness apparel, we're not going to be going, oh, I got to get me that new Peloton. Under Armour was able to create a nice little buzz for themselves for a few years, but that they struggled. Under Armour's got a handful of celebrities and they, they just never really got to traction. Lululemon, though, they've done very, very nice with athleisure to the point that a few years ago we were talking about um, athleisure being the 24-7, 365 wardrobe. That a lot of tech executives like, hey, isn't that Larry Page and Sergey Brennan? Look at that. They're wearing yoga pants to work. So, I again, in athleisure, athletic leisure, I can do Peloton, but Peloton compares, competes with Apple in my mind on hardware and fitness apps. So I can go Peloton or Apple, but in athleisure, to me, it's Lululemon. <clears throat> Gap has Athletica. Um, to me, it's it's Lululemon. If I really want like a bullet shot trade into a hot trend, but long term, so I could sleep at night, I'm going with Nike. I don't know if that makes any sense what I'm trying to throw down with you. You have to learn how to compare companies. And to me, Peloton is really a comparison to Apple. More of a hardware company that drives services. Nike, to me, is the dominant player in athletic anything. <clears throat> I could be at an airport and go into an, like, a Nike store and pick up shoes or pick up... Uh, like a running running gear, and I feel pretty comfortable with it. Except for Nike is starting to be more and more of an evil company in the public. Like they make these deals with Olympians, when the Olympians really, really need the money. Hey, if you wear our shoes, we'll give you a subsidy to help you train. Oh, that could be a slippery slope, especially if things don't turn out well for said Olympian. Olympics this year? Isn't that going to be wacky? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. The yield on the 10-year treasury bond is surging. This is bad news if you're long on the market because it means inflation is coming. It's the canary in the mine warning us something bad's about to happen to the economy. Now, here's the kicker. It's not what it's warning. It's warning us that something bad is about to happen to the stock market because something good is about to happen to the economy. Smart money is is piling into that 10-year treasury. Doesn't mean it's right, but it says something along the line of things are going to heat up. And that's good for the stock market? New. No. Wall Street works best when it's kind of slipping under the radar. You've probably seen stories this year on crazy stuff like GameStop, right? Everyone's talking about it. Neighbor comes up to you and goes, hey, Rob, I'm thinking about getting into the stock market and buying me some GameStop <laughs> or Bitcoin. You're like, do you even know what that is? 
they sell video games. But they get caught up in that, you know, everyone's talking about it. Wall Street seems to do better, in my opinion, when it flies under the radar. It's quietly successful. So the 10-year Treasury is, is being very loud and obnoxious right now. It's sitting up 6.4% today. If I were to tell you any sort of investment product were to move up 6.4% in value in one day, you'd say, that sounds like a lot. It's heating up. It's making the cost of borrowing money more expensive. Bottom line, let's say you're borrowing money on a credit card, your bill's going to go up on that interest rate. That's inflationary. That's negative. Let's say you want to borrow money to buy a house. The cost of money now, instead of getting a 2.7% 30-year mortgage, you're looking at probably a 3.5%. And by the end of the year, maybe a 4%. You can afford a hell of a lot less home at 4% than you could at 27 If you believe the notion that I do, that people afford payments um, or service payments. Big news out there today, another 770,000 Americans filed new unemployment claims for the weekend in March 13. New claims unexpectedly rose from what was expected but remained below 800,000. So the job market's kind of trying to get better, but this is a horrible job market. First-time unemployment claims should be under 400,000 for us to be going, well, that's a pretty good number. When we're at 770,000, this is a stink number. We need that stimulus to try to stabilize the economy to the point that there's confidence from small business owners and restaurant owners and, and the, the heart and blood and soul of our economy. If they're feeling not confident, they're going to go, well, I need to take care of me and my wife, so we're going to have to cut staff. I've got a family member who is kind of 18-ish, a little on the autistic side, um, not a great high school years, struggled really, really struggled badly at just learning. And right before the pandemic hit, his life kind of fell apart, was even going to finish high school. And then the pandemic hit, and someone took him under his wing and started like teaching him a blue-collar skill, being an electrician. And it was going to lead to him getting that union job. I don't really know about union jobs and electric, but that's a good career. But then the guy who was training, teaching him, he's like, well, the pandemic hit and me and my wife have to take care of us. I can't train you anymore. Sorry. Left out in the cold. So these all kind of work together. We want the small businesses to be confident that they can train a younger person to make money off them, get them to work. You see where this is going. So let's talk a little bit about financial mistakes. <clears throat> it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, how can you get your money to make money for you while you're sleeping? And that's a lovely, lovely concept, right? And the idea is to focus on your wealth. I want you to create enough wealth that you could replace your income when you're 60 years old and live till the day you die off the wealth that you created. We'd all love to be millionaires. Unless, of course, we're billionaires. <laughs> I know, so right? Don't sell yourself short. A million dollars isn't a lot of money. Um, so you're going to live from, you're going to work from age 20 to 60. you got 40 years. 
And then you're going to live from 60 to 80, 20 years of living off that minimum, in my opinion, is what you should count for. Again, if you're 600 pounds, you probably don't have to save as much for years 85 through 90. If you take a look around, you don't see a lot of 600-pound, 90-year-old people. When I think 90-year-old person, what do you think? You're like, oh, I got this frail old grandmother. She weighs like she's a bag of bones. She's like 90 pounds. I can lift her with one arm. So trying to guesstimate your time frame on how you're going to live, it's kind of important to how much you save. And one of the biggest mistakes people make is not using time on their side. The money that I put to work for me in my 20s, when I look back at it in my you know, 50 years old, I look back at it over 30 years, I'm so stoked. I'm so excited that I invested. The money that I left in cash, okay, here's a great example. Uh, when I was born, my parents started a $100 bank account for me at Pentagon Federal Credit Union. It's a savings account. Do you know what it's worth today, 50 years later? About $140. The interest on that savings never really added up to a hill of beans. Because it was a savings account. It's the lowest common denominator. It's the easiest way to put money in a bank and be able to get to it. <clears throat> You're not getting any investment return. You get a little bit of an interest rate, but not much. And now it's minuscule. It never really grew into a lot of money for me. Had I put that $100 in the stock market 50 years ago, I, I, I don't know what the return would be, and I'll take a look at it at some point, but it would be, be at least $500, right? Um, depending on if I moved it in cost and fees, because let's not forget, 50 years ago, it was you know, $400 to buy a stock. You don't spend $400 by $100, in my opinion, too wisely. Um, so the power of time is something people don't really grasp. The biggest regret I have is I didn't invest that money. Now, I'm not like going to my grave like, Mom, Dad, that $100, you blew it. I was just a sperm. I was just a baby. I was nothing. I was a tadpole, and you put it in cash? Let me give you an instance. If you invest $10,000 annually, $15,000 annually, or $20,000 annually, it really beefs up the different amounts that you can save, that you can return to. So $10,000 for five years invested in the S&P 500. In five years, it would be $50,000 total invested. So $10,000, $10,000, $10,000, $10,000, $10,000. 10, 10, so you're investing each year. But after five years, your total pot would be 63000 After 10 years, and again, you're putting in $10,000 a year. So 10 years times 10, you're going to be investing $100,000. But your monies have also now returned $56,000. So your money's making money for you. But it takes 10 years. Now you have that $10,000 that you're still doing for 20 years. So now your total investment is going to be 200000 That's money out of your cash. That's money out of your bank account. That's money out of your paycheck. Rob's asking me to put $200,000 uh, in. Yeah, but you're going to have 494000 You know, the old Bitcoin joke is like, 
you put a soda under a door and two sodas come out. You put a soda and a wallet under the door and two sodas and three wallets come back out. You're like, woohoo, this is easy way of making money. You put two sodas and two wallets and um, a car under there. Guess what I'm getting back? Nothing. That's the Bitcoin joke of at some point in time, people are putting money into it and getting nothing back. But if I get you to put $10,000 a year in, and what's that, $1,000 a month? Roughly. $250 a week, you're like, Rob, I don't have that kind of money. But if you put $200,000 in over the course of 20 years, $10,000 a year, you'd have $494,000. So now that has more than doubled. Now your money is really making serious money, but it takes you 20 years of that first 10,000 is, is working like it's hard out. It's having a heart attack. It's been so successful for you. But $10,000 a month invested for 30 years now. Total outlay is going to be 300,000. But you're going to be worth $1.2 million. But if you wait, you no longer have that years 20 through 30 or years 15 through 20 or years 10 through 15. Biggest mistake my parents did was putting that money into a bank account for a kid who had nothing but time on his hands. Annualized returns from 1802 to 2012, stocks are at 8.1%. Annualized returns for gold, 2.1%. It's a disaster to keep money. Average returns in 200 years each year for the dollar, 1.4%. So the best investment out there is stocks, period. And it's got the lowest commitment because if you want to stop doing it for a few years, say you get laid off, you don't have to. It's not like a mortgage where you still have to pay it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, talking new ways to think about wealth. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Might have to change my name to Cactus Black and join a band. Say JR, they got a new album coming out. One of the interesting things that they're doing is posting on Instagram about, hey, we got a new album dropping in five days. And if you preload it on Spotify or Apple, you don't have to buy it. Just load it as the whole album. They're going to get a big whoosh when it lands of people paying attention to it. And that's going to help with climbing the charts. It's going to help getting them noticed. That's going to help spread the word, so to speak. So they said, if you preload it, we'll give you something special. We'll give you, we'll tickle you. No, they're not going to come into your house and tickle you. Although it'd be great to have a band come to your house and tickle you. Uh, we're here to tickle you, Mr. Black. But what they're going to do is give a free concert for people who do that. And not like a physical one where they have to go from city to city, but like a virtual one. I like that idea. It's a way of moving product. So Travis Scott has become the best in the world at moving product. And you're like, who the hell is Travis Scott? Um, let's just say I wish I had his following on Instagram. Am I a little jealous that he's the number one purveyor of pushed product in the world? No. He's got a goofy name, Cactus Jack. He's, he's made love to a Kardashian. 
for lack of a better phrase, that's one of his claims to fame. Cactus Jack. I think I should be known as Cactus Black, right? Black Cactus. He's got 38 million followers on Instagram. Whatever he touch, touches is turning to marketing gold right now. What did he touch recently? Anheuser-Busch. Ooh, an old-fashioned beer company. Isn't that the Clydesdale one? It's not cool to drink Molson Coors. It's not cool to drink Bud. Bud. The Frogs. The Frogs used to push their products. Remember the Bud? Wise. Err. Well, Anheuser-Busch is struggling. And along comes White Claw, and they do this something seltzer. It's refreshing. It's not heavy. Then truly comes along. Boston Beers says, if they can make money on seltzer, we can. If White Claw can do it, we can do that too. We got big old vats, and we have alcohol, and we know how to brew stuff. And by the time Anheuser Busch gets there, they need help to push their product. They have to pay a celebrity spokesperson. In comes Travis Scott, Cactus Jack. Product it's called Cacti Agave Spiked Seltzer. Spiked Seltzer. Cactus Agave Spiked Seltzer. That's easy for me to say. Um, so it's got real agave from Mexico. And there's this, oh, just so you know, there's this whole debate right now of should we be using agave in America because it's a Mexican thing. And we're kind of like taking one of their main products that they have a ton of national pride in. And Let's let's put in a piece of crap hard seltzer. It creates jobs down there for sure. There's there's a, a trade off though with we're gonna brand it. <laughs> we're gonna brand it however we want to brand agave. So the cacti agave spiked seltzer it launched earlier this week. Now correct me if I'm wrong. It's Thursday and it launched on Monday and it was sold out on Tuesday. Retailers have never seen anything like this before. It's three simple flavors, pineapple, lime, and strawberry. It's 7% alcohol by volume. There's nothing magical about it except for the person who's pitching it. In comes Travis Scott. Now, Travis Scott has made a wildly successful debut in Fortnite. Comes out with a new album, drops a song. But what he was really doing was pushing merchandise to the world's most popular video game, They got to see a cool-looking design T-shirt and like, hey, maybe I'll take that during the pandemic. He also came out with a meal for McDonald's. You might remember the Travis Scott meal. Sold out. McDonald's was saying, we are having problems finding enough cows to murder to make his double cheeseburger. Cows is like started hiding when Travis Scott said he's going to make a Happy Meal, for lack of a better word. Happy Meal. I know you're saying it's not quite that, but it is. Um, if it works for McDonald's, Anheuser-Busch was very smart to co-opt this. Now, again, I'm not going to belittle any of his successes. He's an eight-time Grammy nominee. Uh, anything he touches as marketing is, is pretty solid. He's got 38 million. Am I being correct with that statement? Yeah, he's got 38 million followers on Instagram. I don't know what he has on YouTube. I don't know what he has on Facebook. But 38 million people. Um, and I'll be quite honest with you. I think he's quite artistic. Um, 
I think he should start selling some urban clothes as if he hasn't. There's gonna be a new show on HBO Max tied towards urban fashion. And it's gonna be a competition, kind of like those runway shows, those cooking shows. We got 10 of the hottest young rappers in America and they've designed their own clothing lines. So I'm not saying HBO Max is getting, for lack of a better word, losing the creative edge from the company that gave us Sex in the City and The Sopranos and Westworld, <clears throat> Game of Thrones. We've had some big TV moments in our lives in the last 30 years. So a show with urban fashion as judges, okay. I'm with it. But anyway, Travis Scott, wildly popular. What he's doing for this cactus brand of hard seltzer, once again, shows you the success of where the future's going. If the McDonald's can't find enough cows to murder, there was a beef shortage because of this. Yeah, I, anything that man touches, I'd buy. No, 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 no. I see why, as a company, you would go to him and say, pitch product. Now, cacti agave hard seltzer probably is not going to bankrupt a lot of people <clears throat> but it's out there so when apple comes out with augmented reality headset they got the money to hire travis scott and his 38 million followers because they know they know what he pitches will be consumed and bought i'm Rob talking about new ways about thinking about wealth um I say good for Anheuser-Busch and good for McDonald's. Smart of them. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.